We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instinct Heart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Did you listen to Steph on TK's pod? I did it. It's on the queue. It's in the queue. He sounds pretty upbeat. Is, is Steph really ever that depressed um you didn't notice there was uh there's like eye roll tones to him over the last couple years a little bit but i feel like it's really not (laughs) what are you trying to say he sounds energized to me like he's very aware that this is a year where making the playoffs is a success as opposed to title or bust like it's almost like uh, I don't want to say rejuvenation, but like yeah, he sounds like re-energized to me. Yeah, there, it's like a man. It's like of a certain course, it, of- it's easy to sound re-energized when you haven't lost, lost. yet. You haven't hit that yeah. like you haven't hit a like three and seven stretch. Yeah, but there's no pressure. Uh, there's not really like if the Warriors don't make the playoffs, like is it really that bad? Yes. Like I don't think so. Like I don't. I don't think people are going to be that pissed. I don't think Warriors fans are going to be that pissed. I mean, Joe Lacob's going to be pissed, but like whatever. Joe Lacob's a billionaire. Who cares if he's pissed? But like, I don't think fans are going to be that angry. I disagree. They're charging a lot for these tickets. Um, well, yeah, okay. but not everyone, no, but not everyone goes. No, okay, I take it back. Anger, anger implies like, like Niner fans got angry at the way it fell apart with Harbaugh, right? Yeah. That's anger. Um, if the Warriors have an off year, I don't know that we anger as much as like fans like, okay, what can they do next year? You know, to not to avoid this. Well, yeah. And the other thing is like, whoa, wait a second. This is good material. Are we, are we recording? Yeah.
West Coast fans are not East Coast fans. Like, there's a difference between Warriors fans and, like, Eagles fans, Sixers fans, and, like, New York fans, right? Because it's, like, it's just more, I feel like it's just a different mentality where it's, like, well, I was going to say Philadelphia, for example, but, like, I just Philly's, don't think. Philly's my favorite. They're that's absolutely, a big one. I think I've decided if I was going to adopt another city. Um, They're I thought insane. It might, I thought it might be Boston, but I think Philly's Philly's my my real city. I mean, my my theory is that they they just have nothing to do, and so they grow up, and it's all about sports, and there's really nothing you can do over there. And also, people are from there, stay there. It's like not everybody here is from here, but that's yeah, we're that's a lot more of a story. transplant city. Um, and then you throw in uh, the snow. People just get angry when it's <laughs> when the weather is miserable, right? I mean, I would never live in that weather, so I'd probably be miserable in that weather. I'd Honestly, I kind of want to live in that weather. Because, no, you don't. Because this this heat's making me uncomfortable. No, you're already grumpy as is. In well, that's this weather. true, dude. Can you imagine can you... if you were living in two degrees? No, stop it. But doesn't it kind of seem on brand for me? <laughs> you just get angry and angry. We're gonna do the podcast. You're gonna live in Wisconsin for like four years. Um, and just can, the podcast just gradually gets more and more. It's just going to be you screaming for like 20 straight minutes on rants. Like you're going to give us one of I those. I mean, quite Smith frankly, rants. if we, if I have to hear Kerr talk about Marquise Chris's passing some more, I, you know, I think it's a justified anger. But... You were, you were, uh, you were tweeting about Glenn Robinson. Remember that quote that Steve Kerr had? It was like, uh, oh, I didn't know that Glenn Robinson could also cut and could also do this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. Let him shoot threes, and hey, he's pretty good. Glenn Robinson's well, I don't know about pretty good, but he could be okay. He was one of those guys I wanted them to take a flyer on for a few years, but like when I wanted him to take a flyer, <laughs> I wanted it to be like you know the ninth man or like someone I think could the McKinney. Yeah, because I, th- I thought he had a. He's one of those guys who every time you, every time something good happened in his career, he'd have like a bad injury. Like it always felt like he was figuring it out or trending in the right direction and then he tore his ACL or like you know something happened to his shoulder stuff like that so I don't know maybe this is the year he you know everything breaks right for him and what what do you think his upside is I think his upside is like what Darrell Wright was in 2011. Ooh, Darrell Wright is, is a good comparison although that would be that would be really good Although Darrell Wright had a bit of a drive game, I don't think Glenn Robinson has any. But Glenn Robinson, maybe he could play some defense. He plays – I mean, he has to guard Kawhi on Thursday, which is going to go badly. But beyond that, I mean, maybe he could be a solid defender against everyone else. Okay, so Uh, the the whole, like, small forward is the hardest – or the most important position. Like, objectively having a wing who can guard multiple positions is very important. But, like – is there any? Are there any small forwards who could score other than LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George? Like that's it in the West. Well, the Warriors have to go through those guys, I guess, to make sure. the uh, to make the uh, finals. But but like I mean, Ben Simmons maybe, Torrey, Giannis, Torrey Craig. Oh my goodness, Torrey Craig! You must be looking at something right now that has Torrey Craig in it. You must be looking at some tweet. No, I'm just like I'm, I'm writing down teams in the West, so it's like you know, like Joe Inglis. Um, well, I guess Houston. Well, they have Boyan. I guess they have Boyan now. Houston, so. you have to guard. Actually, you have to guard Harden, um, but he guards himself when it matters anyway. Oh my so, god! Um, <laughs> Boy's feeling spicy today. All right, let's get to it. We got some mailbag stuff. I want to 
kind of get into this. Uh, season starts tomorrow. Um, well, technically when this is out, season has started. Uh, it's kind of weird the Warriors aren't there on opening night. It's kind of – how do you feel about the Warriors not being the center of attention? Um, remember we started – you started the podcast five minutes ago saying Steph was, was relieved and he seemed energetic. That kind of is like perfect because I feel like Steph is probably kind of happy that there's not as much of a spotlight on the Warriors this season. There's not as much pressure. As a fan, it kind of feels that way too. I really don't need to listen to Mark Jackson this season at all. I don't need – you know, I don't really care what the jump has to say about the Warriors this season. You know, you know it's funny. We, we make it sound like they've drifted to obscurity. They still have the second most national TV games. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's not like they're – I mean, they may struggle. and it, Well, it's going to be an interesting year one way or another. But uh, it's not like they, you know, they went back to the Chris Cohan era. Like, you get one national TV game a year. Yeah, it'll just feel like it's less pronounced in terms of coverage because it's not going to be every day. Ooh, the Warriors ruin the league. They they have too many great players. What is what is KD going to do this week? What is he sad about? What is Draymond yelling at people about? You know, stuff like that. So it's going to be a lot less of that and more basketball. We're gonna we're gonna spend a lot of time this season. Um, breaking down Glenn Robinson, which we just did. So like uh, next podcast, we're gonna have a full. Um, Full thread about Glenn Robinson breaking down his defense. Although, actually, you know what? Now's a good time, or, or I guess we already probably put in the the plug, but we'll have post game breakdown starting Thursday as part of uh, premium light year subscriber content. It's gonna be great. That's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the video is out on on the timeline so people can kind of see how it's gonna work. But you and I are planning. We're gonna always do this pod for free for everyone mm-hmm. for the people because this is. This is the number one podcast for the people. This is love of the game right here. This is a love of the game podcast. But Andy and I both have also love of making rent on time. So um, there will be two bonus episodes a week for those who want to subscribe to it. Um, they're going to be shorter, but they'll probably be like 20-ish minutes each. And we're thinking probably like seven to ten extra episodes a month. Probably going to record them directly after games. Great for your commute the next day. We'll also get some interesting interviews and throw those on there. Just give you a little more content. Yeah, we're all we're all about producing more content this season. So I, the people can't – they don't have enough light years, Sam. So, you know, do the subscribing. Do the five-star stuff. You know, help us make some money. All that fun stuff. The shirts did well. Our Light Years podcast shirts. Though. And they're, was, still avail- they're still available. We went through a t-shirt site that essentially, I don't want to say, it's it's kind of like a make make to print thing. So mm. um, it, it does give people the option. Like you can still order it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep putting them out there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some new shirts out there though. We got some good ideas. <laughs> well, we'll get going on Blue we're, Wire. We're trying to walk the line as close to getting ourselves canceled without actually getting canceled as possible. <laughs> We had Justin Rowan, our good friend, uh, buy one of those shirts. I'm not sure when he's going to wear it, but uh, he has it. So, shouts to him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's get into the mailbag. We got some good questions here today. Um, we, we always got to start with, with our guy, Kev. Um, number one Celtics fan of the podcast. By the way, it number is. Two, I, I am number a little two, sad. Um, you. Asian. Fan number two of the podcast. That's what I was gonna say. I I I I love the guy. Can I say kid? I don't know how old he is, 
But uh, he's a Celtics fan, so you know what can you do? But anyway, go ahead. Question away. Appropriate question given NBA season starting tomorrow. Growing up, what were your immigrant parents' TV restrictions? <laughs> this one killed me because I remembered specifically. Um, I was like, I want to say ten. I might have been eight, somewhere like eight, eleven ish range. Like I was in elementary school, and I was watching The Simpsons. And my mom walked in, and I can't even remember the episode, but like it's The Simpsons. You know, it's, it, it was like the precursor to Family Guy in South Park, mm-hmm. and she's just horrified by some of the humor on it because you know the family is very traditional immigrant, you know, that sort of thing, and bans me. I says I can no longer watch The Simpsons. Wow! And, and I was just like, I was like very distraught because like obviously all my friends at school watch that show too and so i was gonna be the only kid who couldn't watch it and did not back off at all you know now it's a lot easier now you know what you know i never watched just got, you know what now i would have just got a uh watch it online via streaming service yeah highly legal stream you know i never watched simpsons i never watched any of it growing up it's funny, man. But um, Pokemon. Oh, I hated that. Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, well, you know, I'm Asian, so what do you kind of? I know, but it's. I think it's more of an age thing because, like, all my sister's friends. And, I mean, you guys are the same age. So it's. It's. I was just oh, yeah, a little. Too, I'm just a little too old for the Pokemon thing. <laughs> I'm a little too. So okay, so here's my thing. My parents. It wasn't a. It was. Uh, they didn't let me watch TV for more than like 30 minutes a day, or like an hour ah, a day. That's even the other one. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I didn't get to watch I didn't get to do that till like high school. So like all I did was like read. Um and they didn't even like they didn't have enough money to get a Game Boy. So when I finally got a Game Boy, that's literally all I did was play Pokemon to like There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all I did. They're like, it'll ruin your eyes, blah, blah, blah. Turns out to this day, I don't even wear glasses. I don't even wear driving or reading glasses. So I don't and all I do is stare as a stare at a laptop all day. So I don't know. Maybe I it actually- worked out. It's interesting because I think part of the love affair with sports for me uh, was related to a similar thing. They would never let me watch TV, but they would let me watch sports because they deemed it like one. Well, one that meant like I'd always be outside. Like I grew up more in the suburbs than you. So I'd always be like shooting on a hoop outside by myself. Um, But then the secondary thing, like the only thing I was really able to watch on TV without having to worry about um, like mom and dad opinions with sports. So, so it like goes, it, it, it like, it's, it's like doubly like anything I'd want to watch. They'd give me a hard time about like, what are they saying? Oh, that's inappropriate. You know? And this is all in like Farsi and like, I'm not, I'm not going to, well, what if I said it in Farsi, like 1% of our listeners would understand, but um, too, like, it, it just like implications, like it's inappropriate content. You, did your uh, did your dad ever like take you to watch like um, rated R movies and stuff like that though? Before you were of age, because my dad did that a lot. Like that was a thing. It wasn't TV, but like he just like didn't care if it was like PG thirteen or rated R. He was just like fuck it. I feel like by the time I got to high school, they stopped caring about anything I consumed, <laughs> or I was just like the internet had <laughs> taken off enough, and it it you know like I could avoid those interactions. I'm talking more about like when I was like eight, nine years old yeah. and that stuff kind of frames your, I don't God. know, kind of your perspective. Makes, makes me feel old. Now it's like, 
Oh man, I could, I had like a mentee uh, or I was, I was a mentor. Can you believe that? Uh, I was a mentor and I had like a, a mentee who was in high school and like, basically they could access everything on the internet when they were like in middle school. It's like, dude, can you imagine if I, if you were able to access stuff on the, on the internet in middle school, dude, uh, we had magazines of, well, okay. Now we might be gone. Anyway, let's right. next to the question. <laughs> um, next question. People did want warriors talk on this podcast. Um, so let's see where you're here. Um, okay. Lightyear's podcast, comparing the best baseball team in the Bay, the A's. Actually, I'm not going to do this one. You you're taking that one. I was no. going to say, you're okay. taking that one. I like this one. From uh, from Anthony Canton, who we saw at the live show last week. What would you guys deem a successful season given the change expectations? Okay, this is where I want to start because I feel like I argue with you and Ethan about this more than anyone. And I just think you and I the three of us have a different baseline for what I consider successful and what you do. Go ahead. All right. So for me, a successful season is making, is making the playoffs and um, maybe making noise. Like that depends on Clay's health, but if they can get to the playoffs with Clay playing 20 games max and I'm picking 20 arbitrarily. If it's 25, that's great. If it's like 27, it's great. If it's 17, it's whatever, right? Um, and uh, they develop a couple pieces. Like, I think we're all kind of excited that Poole and Paschal look like – it's not that I think either will be starters, but they look like NBA players, which is more than you can say for a lot of the Warriors' recent draft picks. Um, if the Warriors get to the playoffs – healthy develop a couple guys and we go into next season without a hard cap knowing what we have and the ability to kind of retool the roster i would consider that a success well okay so i don't know how much i disagree with you on that i i I think the disagreement i have is i don't put as much stock as them making the playoffs uh, in them making the like i don't care if they don't make the why i shouldn't say i don't care I don't see it as failure if they don't make the postseason. I find this season to be like a process season to where they absolutely have. Okay, so let me pivot it this way. Let's say they make the playoffs. Steph and Draymond look amazing. D'Lo develops and looks amazing. You know, the rookies are eh, right? But they look like guys who can play a rotation. I think that's the most important piece in terms of process because they make the postseason because Steph and Dre and D'Lo and Clay comes back healthy. That's amazing. But if you don't develop those guys, then I don't know how much of a success that is because they need Jordan Poole, Peshaw, Smiley Geach, whatever these guys are. They need them to take realistic steps. And if they don't and they still make the playoffs, I, I it's a success, sure. I just don't know how much of a success that is. I think a lot of the success is they really need these young guys. And I think they really need D'Angelo Russell to be to take a step. And I, I don't know how realistic that is, but I think that is a success. And so, if, so and if me, they get better and they're nine seed, I think I'm okay with that. So for me, I think the two tie together. Excuse me. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs if D'Angelo doesn't at least play as well as he played last year. Um, they don't have enough depth for him to regress and make the playoffs. Um, even if Steph plays out of his mind. 
Mm-hmm. Because, like, the, realistically, if Glenn Robinson the third gives him 25 minutes of competent defense and hits a couple of shots, I consider that good for him. Like, really good sure. for him, right? Um, and then, like, you know, we don't know what Willie Cauley-Stein is, but it's there's a reason he was available on the minimum. Let's just, like, speak mm-hmm. real about that, right? Looney, we know who he is, but we're not really sure if Looney has another gear. Like, it's really easy to enjoy Looney on a stack team, but is Looney the guy who can do more for your team if you're, you know, more of kind of a borderline playoff team? I don't also, know. we haven't seen Alec Brooks at all. No idea what happened to him. Ankle injury. But yes. I sure. Mean, like, uh, but he's been gone all preseason and I don't think he's just going to suddenly come back and be. Yeah, he's not, he's not right? good enough that it's like, well, once he's back, it'll just be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I am with you, though. I don't know how much I disagree with that. I, I, I just think it's a tall order, though, to kind of expect Jordan Poole and Pat Shaw and even D'Angelo Russell and guys like that to make a step on a team that's – No, I mean, see, I disagree I'm, with I'm you taking there. stock into this preseason, man. It's it's not – It's I'm watching this preseason and – See, look, I disagree they, with they, you on D'Angelo Russell. It's unrealistic to think Jordan Poole is going to be anything but – a inconsistent guy like um like what we saw in preseason one game you're like oh wow he's got some skill in the next game it's like two for 12 you know that's but he's 20 d'angelo russell's in his fifth year in the league uh and he made all-star last year and like okay he's not an all-star he's in the west but he's he's old enough that he needs to be able to produce up to a certain level i i know i but i just i don't know if he can i have i there's a little bit of doubt there's a little bit of doubt. So I mean, that's the, that's fair, but like for me, that's a I, I can't put those two in the same category. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess I'm just I'm, I need I need similar uh, I I need steps from them. And with D'Angelo, I mean, he had a good last game. I mean, it was going against they played the Lakers like 30 times this preseason. That's the more, um, that's the annoying part too. It's like like I can't, I, I need, can't tell when I saw him against Minnesota. I'm like, okay, I you know. This is more of a run-of-the-mill NBA team, and they looked amazing. Um, and you know they're not going to look that amazing every night. But uh, I, it's, I it's really annoying they played the Lakers so many times, and particularly they played the Lakers with their two big men out, and the Lakers are the second biggest team in the NBA. Like the only team that's bigger than them is is Philly. So it's real. It's it's like annoying because. Uh, I just have no baseline. Like I want to see them play like five different teams. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Next question. Let's move. Let's move it along. Right. I feel like we have a lot. Yeah. What do you think Eric Paschal's player comp is? People say Draymond, but I think he can be a better Carl Landry type. Just curious. Um, the Draymond comp is any undersized four-year college player is the next Draymond. Like, well, there's they they have one comparison. They they neither of them can uh, can score at the rim against against length. So, but sorry, go ahead. Yes, but that's <laughs> true of a lot of players. Um, I don't know if I like the Carl Landry. I don't know what I think of uh, what what his player comp is. Um, he he looked better defensively than anything. Um, and I and I don't know beyond that. I don't know where you stand on him. He's a little smaller than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. That's kind of a warrior thing, but like he is, he's, he's smaller than Draymond. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Drew on small. <laughs> so he, well, says he's six, seven. So maybe his length, his length is shorter. So here's the player I, I kind of want to see from him. And he's not as big. Um, I want to see Paul Millsap. Uh, that's the comparison I would like to be. Because I, I don't think Paul Millsap's not the defender that Draymond is. Nobody is. I he don't think Pat Shaw is going to be. If he turns into that, that's like the steal of the draft. That is, that is the – yeah, right? But so, so I'm saying I'm not like comparing it to him. I'm just saying like that's kind of a a good like best-case scenario because it's obvious when you watch Pat Shaw that, or Pascal whatever, he has great IQ. It's I think that's pretty obvious. He knows how to play. play. He knows how to play who. That's, yep. there, and, there's no way around that. It's just like can he – play at this size and speed that everyone yep. here plays at. Mills, Mills, Millsap developed a jump shot and – or not a jump shot. He developed a jumper and a shot and a three. And he had a bit of a post-up game. And he could get to the rim, get fouled. He had all of that in his bag. Um, it might take Pascal a while to get there. And then on defense, he was also super solid. He was always – he always was like there. He's kind of washed up now. But I think yeah, that's I a know, good comparison. You're, t- you're talking about the guy from Atlanta and Utah. You're not Utah. talking about like yep. the uh, – the thirty-four year old guy, <laughs> 30, like or thirty, he might be thirty-five now. Anyway, he's he's a little older, but yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like about the Millsap comp is Millsap could always rebound. Hmm. He was a little, he was like, he was like Draymond in the sense of like, if it's a fifty-fifty ball, he's bumping you, and like, okay, like the occasional seven footer is just gonna get it over him, but like he had that nose where you're like. Hey, you know yeah, the type yeah, of guy. You yeah. don't want to play against them because they'll literally just put their hips into you and move you wherever they want to Yeah, play. Some, somehow they get flat-footed rebounds despite being like four inches shorter than the guy yeah. that you know they're going up and against. And Paschal to this day, he he might be able to play more three than I gave him credit for, and he might be worse at the four than I thought he would be because he's not getting any rebounds. He's getting bullied positionally a little bit. Like the best thing he's done is kind of body guys in one-on-one scenarios where he can just use that like skill set where it's like clear he knows how to play basketball. He knows how to cut guys' legs off and that sort of things. But in terms of like making the physical impact Draymond used to make and Millsap makes from day one where they just push bodies around, he's not that guy. One day. We got to be optimistic, Sam. It's going to be part of our job this year. Uh, (laughs) Next one. Okay. Um, Let's see. Which one do I like here? Who is the projected playoff team that the Warriors match up best against? The worst. Um, The worst has to be the Lakers as of right now because the Warriors have no big men. Um, Well, let's say Willie Cauley-Stein and Looney are healthy. And Clay. Here's Here's the thing. If we're talking playoffs, Clay is back, and I think all bets are off. So... I don't know. I think they match up well um, against uh, maybe Houston. No, not Houston. Um, I'm with you on Houston. They match up fine. Utah, I maybe. Well, it's just We're well. Assuming... They match up. They match up well against Denver. That's. I think that's pretty obvious. They match up well against Utah. Yeah. Um, I don't think they match up well against the Clippers or the Lakers right now. Correct. Uh, and that's kind of where they say they match up well against Portland. Um, the, the Pelicans, the Blazers, they match up well against the Spurs, right? The Kings, like all these teams are like fine. Uh, but like you said, if they have healthy bigs and Clay Thompson is able to play like 20, 25 minutes, 
Um, well, I think a, they're fine against team. everyone. It's just, yeah. You know, like I, this isn't the team we've seen, so I can't even answer that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, there's a way, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, such we're, a long we're, way we're just guessing. Yeah. We're just yeah. guessing. Um, but we can kind of forecast it and say that if the Warriors are, if they do get some semblance of clay back at 70%, I mean, that, I think that's a safe assumption. That's a safe guess. Um, I think they're, they match up well against most playoff teams outside of the Clippers. Um, and, and like you said, the Lakers just because well, of the think, size. Do we, do we both agree? Because I kind of want to take this in a different question, uh, direction. Do you think the Clippers are the highest ceiling team in the NBA right now? Like the best team? Like they Okay, what, what I'm basically saying is if Paul George and Kawhi are fully healthy, are they the best team in the league? <sighs> Would they be your bet? Like, because my big thing right now is I – I think their roster is better than the Lakers or Milwaukee or Philly. Um, I think it's more complete, but one max guy is coming off of two shoulder surgeries. I, I might and I wearing might. a bunch of makeup on Halloween. Never a good sign. Um, I might pick the Lakers. I know this is a LeBron LeBron slander podcast, but I think I trust LeBron James and. Anthony Davis over Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. Um, oh, and I see, get, I trust Kawhi. I, I get that there's Lou Williams and those guys, but I think I'm going with the Lakers in that situation. I, I think LeBron and Kawhi could be a wash. I think Anthony Davis can make a much bigger impact than Paul George. Oh, um, see, I disagree on that one. Yeah. I yeah. think having the wing who can guard everyone and hit threes is a bigger deal than the big man. Um, I could be wrong. Anthony Davis is objectively a better player. But I think I'd rather have the wing. That's assuming he can shoot again, though. Uh, you know, yeah, let's like assume Paul he can. Let's Paul assume he can. Paul George shooting 36% from three is not the same as the guy who shoots 40% on like 9 to 10 a game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that's really the difference. If he's not going to hit those shots, uh, then it's you know then he's, he's not that great. Yeah. I mean, they can. My, my idea also is like they can sick maybe like Danny Green on him. Um, and then the Clippers really have nobody that can card AD. Like, that's just a massive mismatch. Like, Montrez Harrell? Kawhi. What are we, what are we doing here? Um, I'd put Kawhi on AD. Uh, I Kawhi think... wasn't even playing great defense in the finals, although he was hurt. So, again, whatever. The funny Too many thing hypotheticals. About, the funny thing about Kawhi is he plays better defense. He played better defense on bigs in the playoffs than on perimeter players yeah. because he's, he's just he's, – it's really strong. Um, okay, I got I got one here. Um, should Steph consider making this a love of the fame season? <laughs> I don't think. Oh, should he consider it? Yes, absolutely. Um, but here's the thing about Steph: I, love of the fame requires you to have some type some type of uh, uh, thought into something that isn't basketball, like James Harden talking about the MVP all day, Russ doing the same thing, LeBron always talking about something about more than an athlete. It requires you to, to, to think that way and to make someone feel bad for you, right? I don't think Steph is wired that way. So, yeah, should he? Sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. He can win a third MVP. be kind of cool. But I just don't think he's wired that way. He had an article that came out, or there was an article that came out, I think Chris Haynes, that said – that Steph said, our – goal this season is still to win a title when LeBron wasn't favored to win a title he said his goal 
is that basketball is not the end-all be-all. Like, that's the difference between the two players. Steph still wants to win a championship. LeBron uh, will lower expectations so he doesn't have to take all the blame. So I just don't think it's in Steph's DNA, man. How could you possibly look at this team and still say the goal is to win a championship? That's just who Steph is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think so. This is, this is an anti-love of the fan podcast. We can't support that. It's not what it's going to be. Um, I want to take it in a different direction, though. This is a question I posed to you in an email. Um, what do you need to see from D'Angelo Russell specifically for you to consider this season a success? Like, let's put aside the, is he the right piece? Should they look at trading him, etc.? None of that matters if he doesn't play up to a certain level, right? Okay, so I think that's such a good question. I think, okay, so number one, I think I need D'Angelo Russell to not try on defense, but to be high IQ on defense. Not going to guard anyone. He's like Steph Curry, right? Like, take Steph Curry's role. Make sure that you're, you're able to By the to way, actually... I was at the last um, couple preseason games, and it hit me. Steph is their best perimeter defender. Um, just like watching him, uh, just like fundamentals, understanding how to move guys. Like it's a fucking sad day. It, it's just I'm like, dude. You know, you, none of these dudes understand how to move, how to move their guy to help. Basically, it, so so it's so there was a moment where Steph played great defense. Uh, he locked the guy up at the top, and then he was stuck. And then Jordan Poole turns his head around because he's a rookie and he has no idea what he's doing. The guy back cuts right in front of him, or cuts to the rim right in front of him and gets an end one. And those are the moments where you get a flashback to like six years ago or seven years ago when the Warriors were trash, and that stuff happened all the time. And I think we're going to see that a lot from everyone outside of you know Steph, Draymond. And I think in those moments is where you're going to see. And that's my thing with D'Angelo is, hey, if you're going to be the third best guy on the team, you can't be making those errors that Jordan Poole is going to make, that Glenn Robinson is going to make, et cetera, right? you got to be able to yeah, it's like, it's be Jordan, there. Jordan Poole, we, every good defensive play he makes, like I, I'm going to treat it like that parent like the first time their kid walks. Oh, oh fit, fits well too. So yeah, fits well too. <laughs> Believe me. But it's like um, – you know, because it's his first year in the NBA. Like, just just trying hard and learning <laughs> a little bit is enough. Um, but, like, D'Lo, you can't – especially when you know how smart he is in terms of, like, the way he sees the floor on the other end, you shouldn't be making those mistakes. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Well, next one. Actually, you know what, Sam? Before, before we get going to the next one, let me do a couple of reads. Um, so let's do my favorite one. All right, so following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. So I actually wake up every morning. Actually, you put me on this, Sam. I wake up every morning, brush my teeth, do my thing. Get on the bus, and then good, I put good on. Good job on the good de- dental hygienics. Yeah, that's what I do. And then I, uh, and then I open my email and I go on Axios. So Axios Sports, what is it? It's a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA, NFL, cricket, ping pong, whatever you want, anything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. 
Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, no paywall, no fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free, 99 at sports.axios.com. All right, we got one more. Ooh, this is a good one. All right, Indochino. All right, so wedding is coming up. If there's a wedding coming up, Sam's wedding might be coming up. You need a suit. Indochino founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Talk about, oh, it says here. It says here, talk about how good men look when their suits fit well. It's like me. I'm wearing a pink one, I think, Sam. So Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The best part is that they are affordable. Almost all of their custom clothing is under $400. Process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured, design your suit at the nearest Indochino showroom or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. So start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Shipping is also free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. Get $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. All right. Oh, man. I, I want to pause this pod to watch this because there's some viral video of Jordan just talking trash. He called Steph Curry not a Hall of Famer. Yet. Uh, yet. Yes, yet. So I saw that. It's just, it's just pure, screen, but, yeah. it's pure, uh, pure immigrant dad, pure love of the game. Honestly, uh, he's doing a, uh, uh, interview or, or something, right? I, it, it, how yeah. often does MJ do interviews? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Not much. That's, I think that adds to his mystique because it's, uh, it, it's a point that got brought up to me a while back, but you know, one guy who thinks he's the goat is posting on Instagram and then another guy, <laughs> um, is uh, you know kind of uh, he he's a little more mysterious. He doesn't feel the need to discuss how great he is all the time. People like Mystique. I think so too. People like like how Clay Thompson is because like you just never know what Clay Thompson is doing. Um, by the way, the last couple of weeks have really put Jordan's uh, Republicans buy sneakers two phrase really. In a decent light. Not that we're Republican, but that kind of makes sense why he said it. <laughs> and I think that's pretty interesting because, you know, you, you, you ask MJ and you don't, you don't care about his political views and whatnot. But, you know, you, you kind of realize, yeah, that was probably the easy way out considering what LeBron has done. And the backlash he's received. Sam, I had friends that came up to me that don't really follow basketball. Um, but they like LeBron because they're like, hey, LeBron's a good dude. Uh, and they saw that quote and they came up to me and was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and I'm just sitting here like, I don't know what to say to you. It, it was kind of a mess up from everyone on the NBA side. I don't know what to say. And these are guys that don't watch basketball. They don't care about basketball. All they care is about the guys as the people. Uh, uh what they stand for, and it was bad all around. So there you go. You know, maybe you shouldn't be looking to a man trying to make a billion dollars to be your ethical guide in life. 
is something I would say. Um, and and by the way, I, I don't know how this got forgotten. Do you remember all those LeBron interviews from when he was like 21? When he said like his goal was to make a billion dollars? He never said his goal was to win championships. His goal was to be a billionaire. Um, and quite frankly, he's going to be. And so from that standpoint, he's very successful. Um, but he always kind of made it known he thinks his potential is to be like the most powerful man in sports. And, um, you know, that's, I don't want to say it's admirable. Oh, it's kind of admirable, but like, you know, everyone sets goals for themselves. Right. So why, why not? You know, he he, he is probably one of the smarter, if not the smartest athlete in terms of business. Um, That has nothing to do with winning a title. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, and I would venture to guess more fans than not could care less how much anyone makes. They just care about the product they're watching. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if you make a million dollars nobody or a billion dollars. Whatever. Let's move on. I mean, I'm sure his family does, and that's cool <laughs> for them. But uh, right, I, think I, think I think his family will be fine for the next, like, 500 years. So, All right. Um, so the Warriors actually, I don't think they have a tough schedule. For the begin for the first seven or eight games, obviously we know they play the Clippers opening night, and you know the Clippers are looking pretty uh, pretty formidable. So that's a tough game, right? Um, no but PG. At, what? No PG. No. But uh, no, you know, no Clay and what what not on the Warriors. No, side. no, no defense. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, then the Warriors go to OKC. Then they play the Pelicans without Zion. Then the Suns, Spurs, Hornets, and Blazers at home. And so, so that's seven games there. My question for you is, what is it? And that's the first two weeks of the season, basically. First week and a half, even. What's their record through that first two weeks? Yeah, they, they lose to the Clippers, Spurs, and Blazers. So that's four and three to me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that I think that's pretty right because I, I think part of it is, I think people are gonna look at the Warriors and think of the Warriors and think like, hey, they're they're gonna beat these teams, but they're missing a lot of players, obviously. But also, they really don't know how to play with each other yet. D'Lo has no idea how to play with this team yet. Looney, who knows if he's gonna play on Thursday, most likely. But they don't really know how to play together yet. So I think that hey, they'll beat the Pelicans, they'll beat the Suns, they'll play, they'll beat the Hornets, right? They'll beat the Thunder, but I think against these like proven playoff teams like the Spurs, Blazers, I think they'll lose because you know if the, if you told me they're playing them in March, yeah, I'll choose the Spurs, Blazers, but it's a little bit too early. I think the Warriors struggle against those teams and lose. So I see four and three, which is you know not bad. It's over five hundred after after seven games. What do you think? That's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I agree with you that they'll be. I think OKC will actually be tougher than you're giving them credit for early mm. on. I think the same way they're catching a break versus the Pelicans, like no Zion. They are. And all, all these, you know, and they play the Pelicans twice in the first month, three times before Christmas. So they may get them three times without Zion. Um, Zion will wreak havoc on them too. He would have went for 25 and 10. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I kind of think OKC is going to be a pain until they decide, you know, to trade Chris Paul or move him in a different direction. And... Um, you know, they, but right now they still have Chris Paul. They still have Stephen Adams. They have Gallo. They're not hurt yet. I mean, 
who knows? They could all get hurt on opening night, right? <laughs> but uh, but um, it's you know they're kind of a, a tricky team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be fascinating. I'm really just excited. I don't have to watch Anthony Davis and Marquise Chris go one more time. <laughs> Although I'm you so know we're gonna see a lot of Marquise Chris. I'm so though. annoyed by the preseason schedule. I can't get over it. Got to got to make the money, man. Come on now. You know how this works. Nothing better than the Warriors Lakers. Yeah. Well, there's a few <laughs> things better. Um. All right, let's let's do one more question here before we get out. Yeah. Um. Huh. Where was I going with this? Okay. Let's let's end on this. Season starting on Thursday. What do you want to see? Over these first few games, what are you most excited to see? I want this is the easiest. I'm not going to go hipster, Sam. I'm not. This is the only thing I want to see. You want 30 shots from Steph? Yes. Okay. I want 2015. I want 2014, 2015, 2016. Steph Curry. Not because like, hey, I love Steph. I love when he doesn't have to play with kid. Not that. No, 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 no. He. I think there's a point. You made a great point on this the other day. There's a point where it comes where Steph is going to have to say, this is my show because this team sucks and I'm going to have to handle the ball every possession. I may not shoot at every possession. I may have to handle it and make every single decision. And that's how we're going to win. I want that Steph starting from the beginning of the season all the way to the end. I don't want him standing in the corner, right? Waiting for stuff to happen, trying to get D'Lo comfortable. I want him to be assertive and be that guy from the beginning. So that's what I want. All right, man. Um, I, whoa, whoa, how about you? What do I want? Yeah. All right, so I, I don't want to answer the same thing you do because ultimately I want to see that too. Sure. Um, I'm ready to see what they look like with their bigs. I'm ready to I – well, I don't want to fast forward through the first month because that's a cop-out. But um, – I kind of want to see where they're standing 15, 20 games into the season, what they look like with Willie Cauley-Stein, what they look like with Looney, with Burks, what D'Angelo Russell looks like, and just kind of have a little a little more of a feeling about the team. It's all a mystery right now. The only yeah. thing I know about this team is Steph Curry's <laughs> going to have to go like 2001 Iverson. <laughs> You're right, though. That's such a good point because like – We've been talking for the last like two months straight. We've been doing podcasts and we're just trying to figure out what to say about this team and what to, how to predict them. People are asking us like, what do you think is going to happen to this? And we're like, dude, we have no idea. My, my friends ask me, coworkers ask me like, hey, what do you think these guys going to make the playoffs? I have, we have no idea because we don't know what they look like with a full team. We haven't seen them play like 10 games together. We don't know. Like what if they're eight and two? Would it surprise you? Not really. But what if they're like three and seven? Would that surprise you? Not really. So it's really exciting. Yeah, it's um it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know. It's going to be interesting is such a cop out answer. It's going to be a great time out. It's what's going to be. <laughs> we, can, we can end on that. <laughs> uh we'll be back. I do we'll think back. I do think Steph can absolutely carry them to the playoffs. Uh I just want to see what it looks like in the concert with the rest of the team because it's not like Here's the thing. If they gave Steph the 2016-17 Thunder, which Russ had when he won an MVP, 
In other words, they just gave him a bunch of goons who could defend but couldn't do anything else. I feel good, right? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Because you and I both feel very confident if it's just Steph plus goons, it'll be fine. You know, he can carry the load. Um, but it's Steph and a bunch of dudes who can't recognize back, screen, back cuts, <laughs> you know? And that's a little scarier. You know, it's not like he has... It's not like he has um, an Iguodala or a Livingston or like dudes you just know can at least play defense. It's, it's so it's it's not like he has a bunch of guys that can play defense but can't score. So he has to score. It's that he has a bunch of guys that not only can't play defense, we have no idea if they can play offense. So. Yeah, or we know they can play offense. We don't know how effectively, like what <laughs> right. that means. Yeah, you know, like I know D'Lo can do stuff. Yeah, I don't know if he can do stuff at a high enough level to get it done. Yeah, to get win to win um so we'll see i mean we so we're doing we're gonna do the uh do the uh instant reaction after on thursday after the game right that'll be part of our first unveiling of the uh, premium content that we're gonna do and more to come from there yeah That's absolutely exciting. it'll be out thursday hopefully it won't be that angry <laughs> good stuff all right, man. all right